see. Welcome today. Glad that you are here. You will find the notes on your seat. If you want to grab those, um, be a great way to follow along in the message. If you learn better by listening, that's fine too. While you do that, let me welcome all of our campuses, not just here at Lone Tree. What a great turnout for New Year's Eve. I, I, you, you're just never quite sure. You know, I know um, there's, there's a lot of revelers in our church. <laughs> And somebody, when, when, when Pastor Nate said, tell someone what your big plans are, I, I turned around and said, uh, we will be asleep by the time the big ball drops down. It's a, it's a shame, but it's true. It's what it's come to, hasn't it? <laughs> so um, we, we just want to welcome all of our campuses here. Uh, glad that you are a part of the JFC family. Let me do uh, just a couple of housekeeping items um, for you that I, I just think are neat, maybe some good information for you. Uh, first of all, last weekend, our Christmas Eve services meeting over at uh, the hotel and then at the Highlands Ranch campus for the 11 o'clock service, we had um, better than 4,000 people last weekend, which is just, um, you know, it's great to have everybody together in those big rooms like that. You, you don't get a chance to appreciate how much the church has grown till, till we can get together in those larger venues. And then you look around. How many of you recognize you don't know most of the churches? And that, I feel that way. I look out there and there's so many people. I recognize their faces, but I just, I, I don't have a chance to know them on a personal basis. And it's so cool to bring everybody together like that. Um, what I found to be the, um, the wonderful news from Christmas Eve last week, we gave out physically, literally gave out 147 salvation packages uh, last weekend. 100? So, so, so get the thought, um, at, at a minimum, 147 people responded to the salvation message. We, we, um, we, there were actually more, but not everybody uh, had the opportunity or took the time to, to grab that packet of information, but we gave out 147 can I say to you, you, do you recognize how rare it is for 147 people to get born again in one night, any place anymore? That is just a tremendous thing, and it's a grace that God has given to our church to see things like that happen, and I am just so, I'm so appreciative and thrilled by that. Then uh, another piece of really uh, good news that came to me, you remember that uh, a few weeks back, uh, our first missions moment uh, in December was uh, Pastor DJ's mom and dad, Don and Margaret Smith. I mean, remember Don and Margaret were here. Don and Margaret served uh, as missionaries for better than 40 years full-time and uh, in ministry more than 50 years of their life. And um, we, we felt like the Lord had put it on our hearts that we wanted to use them as the first fruit or the, the, that, that first seed of, of supporting our missionaries when we bring them up here. Now, we, we give a lot to missions, and we take offerings for missionaries, but we wanted to start an opportunity that when our missionaries are in town, we have them stand up, share for a couple of minutes, we take an offering. You gave $15,000 to Don and Margaret Smith. Uh, yeah, what a, what a tremendous blessing. I know they, they just wept and wept and wept, and it was, such, it was something that should have been done for them 50 years ago. To be quite honest, it was, it was way overdue. But what an honor, JFC. I was just so thrilled, and I'm so appreciative of the generosity of our church. And then um, this morning, 
uh, I, I, at 9 this morning, I went over to the Lakewood campus and give you a quick update where we are in space and time in getting that campus open. I met with Pastor Evan, uh, Dan, and our general contractor, and we walked through the building, and we uh, are targeting uh, April the 9th, which is Easter 2012, as our grand opening. So I'm saying it publicly Uh, marking it down now, that's when we are drawing a line in the sand and saying that's when it's going to to begin. We would like to actually have it done before that time so that we can be um, actually meeting in there and, and doing it with some practice. How about that? before we actually go public with it uh, and, and, and get going. But the building itself is just coming along. The, the amount of volunteer work is, has just been unbelievable. Um, everything that's being done over there is just great. I, I would encourage you, if you live anywhere on that west side, uh, it's, it's approximately at Hampton and Wadsworth, and um, it is going to be, uh, I, walking around there, I could see the activity already of the Holy Spirit inside the building. I am so anxious to get that building open. Um, here's where we are in the practicality of opening it. Uh, we, we need to raise right about $400,000 in order to pay for everything that we want to do inside of the building. And so um, here's, here's, here's what I would like to throw out to you. As you're focusing this next year uh, and asking the Lord what it is that he would have you do and, and uh, just praying about, God, any projects that you want me to give to, anything that you want me to commit myself to, I would ask you for these three things. Number one, if, if you're willing, would you go to our Lakewood campus? We, we believe that um, by taking people from our already packed services here, two things could happen. If you're willing to give up your seat, we can put someone who doesn't know Christ in it and give them a chance to know the Lord, but you can help us seed that facility there, and then we can start winning people on that side of town to Christ. And and the more people from Jubilee, if we start out with a good crew of excited people there, there's momentum with it. And that's how we've done every one of our campuses. And we just ask you, if it's something in your heart, you're looking to be involved, you're looking for a way to, uh, to give back, it would be a great way with your presence. Second, um, we need your prayers. Be praying for that campus. Be praying for the pastors that are in there. Be praying for all that God wants to do in it. It is the time right now to get after it. And last but not least, I want you to consider giving to it. I know that some of you, we, we have folks in our church who tonight, if you decided to, you could write a check and do the whole thing at once. We never take advantage of that, though, with an individual, with a family. We believe it should be spread out where our whole church is involved in it, and uh, our whole church has an opportunity to sow into the kingdom. So I want you to pray about it and ask God, does he have anything for you to do in that right there? And would you consider giving towards our Lakewood project? Here's, folks, here's the deal. We'd like to cash it out and not borrow any money. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> and even if, say amen because maybe it should be a philosophy of your life too. Amen. I, we would like to cash it out and not borrow any money. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I, please uh, pray about that. Here, here would be the, the, the ultimate issue. Any money that we have to borrow, then we commit funds that could be used for so many other things. And we don't, we, we would love to just pay cash for that thing, have it all taken care of, um, uh, just, just done. We're, we're very capable of doing that. I just want to throw it out to you. Pray about that. See what God would have you do. Um, we, 
we are so close to opening it, and I can't wait for what the Lord's going to do on it. We already have a good head start, um, uh, approximately $100,000 that is sitting in the bank right now earmarked for that campus. So uh, help us with that. God puts anything on your heart, please do that very thing right there. All right, uh, go ahead and grab your notes. We'll jump into this. It is a one-off message. Next week, we will start the new series on eye exam, and uh, I'll actually kick that off, and you'll understand how that will be done. Um, in the meantime, this is, this is what I wrote in your notes. Uh, 2011 uh, is, is, was begun with a spiritual declaration. I said 2011 was going to be a year of reaping. Uh, be honest with me. I know not everybody will agree, but yes or no, 2011, did you reap spiritually in your life in 2011? If you did, raise your hand. Look around the room. I, I, I recognize that, that not all of us prospered financially in 2011. It was an up and down year. But I do believe that 2011 spiritually, I think it was the best year of our church in, in the, the almost 14 years that we've been in existence. I, I felt like the Lord had put it in my heart that it was going to be a year of reaping. I, I spoke out boldly prophesying this is what God wants to do this year. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have just seen a great year of reaping. All right, a few weeks ago, I, I said, here's what I felt like God has put in my heart for 2012. It is going to be our second seven, our 14th year. The church is called Jubilee Fellowship. Now, we've ended up calling it JFC because it's so much easier to say than the long Jubilee Fellowship Church. But the name Jubilee literally is the understanding that God, God folks, uh, God works on the principle of Jubilee. We live in the season or the time of Jubilee. It is a time, a perpetual time of God's blessing for his people. Do you believe that? And I, I, I just feel like the Lord put it in my heart, coming into your second seven, your 14th year, your second Jubilee, I believe this year right here, I put it down prophetically, I wrote it, I believe that this is going to be a year of completion, a year of rest, and a year of accomplishment. How many of you would love to see those things happen in your life? All right, let me, let, me, uh, let me try to teach very quickly on this. Um, I want you, I want you to pay attention to every prophetic word that is spoken over your life. <laughs> that was not the response I wanted. <laughs> I want you to pay attention to every prophetic word spoken over your life. I we, we live in a day and an age, the word prophecy has been abused, no question, in certain segments of the body. People have used it to control people. People have done weird things with it. But without question, prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It was given by God in order to help the church, to help individuals. It is alive. It is active. It is beneficial. And God wants to speak to your life through prophecy. And it is a practical issue. Some people tend to think of it as a, as a big spooky thing. Like if you get some word of prophecy, it has to come through trumpets and lightning bolts and, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you get uh, goosebumps and you know, the hair on your neck stands up. That's not how prophecy works. Prophecy is a very practical ability for the Lord to speak to you about a situation or, or what he wants to see happen or where he's going in your life. He, he does that so that you know where, where you're at in space and time and you know that God knows where you're at in space and time. 
I, I remember some of the more practical ways prophecy has worked in my life. I, right after we had started the church, Evan, you will relate to this exceptionally well. I was, it seemed like the, the instantaneously, right after we started it, I was working so hard to get it up off the ground, much like you were doing, trying to get Lakewood going right now. And it just seemed like from the time I would wake up early in the morning till I would go to bed late at nighttime, I was completely consumed with what I was doing. And I, I, I began to ignore my health. I began to, I was eating terrible. Whenever you, you get in that place, that, that's why the devil invented McDonald's. <laughs> you know what's bad about that? Is I went to McDonald's yesterday. As I say it, I'm as guilty. But fa- fast food yesterday... It, 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 we, it's just convenient. Yes, but it's, it, I, I hear what you're, but it's convenient. When you are busy and running, it's sort of like, you know, you can eat in your car in between appointments. So it, it, uh, it was one of those things I began to ignore my health. I was ignoring the, the law of Sabbath. Uh, rest was not happening. I was just working constantly. Here's what began to happen. Um, I, my heart was getting to a place, I think the stress, it, it would skip beats. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. Anybody in this room ever had that happen? The enemy is really good at taking advantage of you and things like that. And vain imaginations began to run away with me, and I thought for sure I was going to have a heart attack. Anybody in here ever had the enemy just do things like that with you? It just, I just started going like this, and I, I, I just was at this weird place. The devil was really taking advantage of me. My Vain imaginations is what I call them completely vain, no reality to it, but the enemy was having a field day with me, and I was just in this, this place of panic and thinking, oh, I'm going to drop dead trying to do the work of the Lord. And I remember that there's a lady in our church who is, who is very prophetically gifted, and she's not a weirdo, <laughs> which I love that, to, to match normalcy with the gift of prophecy. What a concept. And I, I remember I, I had not shared with anyone that I was going through this, this. I didn't even share it with my wife because I didn't want her to worry. And I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. But my prayer was not a prayer of faith. It was more a prayer of, of worry. You ever pray prayers of worry? Lord, take care of my family after I'm gone. There's no real faith in that. You know what I'm saying? Lord... It, so, so it was just this constant worry. The enemy's having a field day with me. The lady that I respect prophetically, I had not shared with her or any other human being what I was going through, what I was feeling, what was happening. I was walking out those doors right, right back there. And she stopped me and said to me, um, Lord wants you to know that your heart is fine and you need to quit worrying. And I stopped me dead in my tracks. I said, what? She said, the Lord wants you to know your heart is fine. Stop worrying about it. How many of you know when God does things like that, that is just so powerful. First, it lets you know that God knows where you are in space and time. And the peace that it brings to you. It's one thing if you stand up and share with everybody 
what you're going through or what's happening, and then somebody comes out of the niceness of their heart saying, hey, the Lord wants you to know he's taking care of this. I, I, okay, that's fine. But when you don't share it and God reads your mail like that, yes or no, that's powerful. Prophecy is so practical. What it enables us to do is to fight the enemy. It enables us to move forward in the plans and purposes of God. Therefore, when your pastor stands up here and says, here's what I believe God is saying to us for this year. It is a word of prophecy being spoken to you. Guard it. Grab it. Don't just let it skip over your brain like a stone over water. Reach up and take it. Now, is that scripturally true? Let me show you this. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul writes to uh, his disciple Timothy. And he says, Timothy, this charge I commit to you. According to the, what's the word right there? According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What is he saying? Timothy, the words of prophecy that have been spoken over your life, I'm reminding you right now, fight the enemy with the prophetic words that have been given you. Some of us right now, we are suffering great loss in our lives spiritually. Because we are not taking the tools, the weapons of warfare that God has given us in order to fight the enemy. Some of us are suffering loss with our children, our health, our marriage, our businesses, our own spiritual well-being. Because we're not believing in the words that God spoke. We're listening to what the enemy said. And we're hoping, oh, God, turn it around. Go back to the words that have been spoken over your life. Well, I don't have any words. 2012 is a year of jubilee for you, a year of rest, a year of completion. That's a prophetic word. Write it down. Nobody moves. (laughs) How about this? This is the time of year where people set goals. True? The top five New Year's resolutions. I got this on about.com. Here's the top five. Spend more time with family and friends. Sound familiar? Lose weight. Sound familiar? Yes or no? That one's always in there somewhere. Get fit. Quit smoking. Enjoy life. I'm just asking you, just top of your head, would any one of those five fit into something you'd like to see happen in your life this year? I mean, we can all say that. It's just the time of year where people set goals. You know what's interesting about this message? I get to preach the last and the first message of the year. It's the last and the first message. What a, what a chance to set an agenda. So I just wrote down in the notes, this is important. Before you can accomplish, you must define. Before you can accomplish, you must define. Before you can accomplish, you must define. The reason people write down their goals is because if you don't define it, you won't accomplish it. You'll hit what you're aiming at. If it's nothing, you'll do quite well. 
Did you get it? Habakkuk 2.2. This is what the prophet wrote. The Lord answered me and said, look at the wisdom in this. Write the vision, make it plain or simple on tablets, that the person may run who reads it. Okay, so, so back up with me. Before you can accomplish, you must define. That's exactly what Habakkuk is saying right here. Before you can accomplish anything, you must define it. Write it down simply so that when you read it, you can run with it. Prophetic words, write them down so that when you read it, you can run with it, Bill. Write it down. It's a year of completion. It's a year of rest. It's a year of accomplishment. When the enemy comes and says to you, your life is going to fail. Paul would answer that by saying to you, remember the words of prophecy that were spoken on your life and wage the good warfare with them. Hear me right now. When the enemy would come to you and tell you that it is not going to be a good year, that you are going to suffer loss, that it's not going to go well for you, that it's not going to work out for you. When the, how many of you know that the enemy loves to tell you that consistently, multitude of ways? The news is in cahoots with the enemy to confirm everything that he believes. I would say to you, how do you battle that? How do you combat that? It is not just having a good attitude. You take the words, write them down so that it's understandable, and run with it. We do it with resolutions. People will do it, and we joke about resolutions. The reason resolutions are written down, here, here is, this is a fact. It is a fact Unless you write it down, you are aiming at nothing. The moment you write it down, you increase the opportunity for it to happen in your life. If we do it in the natural all the time, why not take the things of God that serious? Why not say, I'm going to write down what God wants to have happen in my life so that I can run with it this year? And if it will, but God doesn't, he didn't say anything to me. 2012... is a jubilee. It is going to be a year of completion. It is going to be a year of God's favor. All right, let's make this practical. In your notes, I've got some fill-in-the-blank space. I wrote, setting a spiritual pace. Okay, think with me just for a second. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's make it work out here. Where do you want to be spiritually in six months? Can you agree with this statement? Every one of you are going to be someplace spiritually in six months. Where do you want to be? Let me give you three thoughts. See if you can answer these questions. Now, hey... Rich, be legitimate with it. 
If you throw an answer down right now, I don't think you're being fair to yourself. If you really want to do well spiritually, the Bible says, take the words of prophecy over your life, write them down very simply, and run with it. Okay, here's what we're doing. We're going to write down in a simple way where we want to be in six months. Spiritual passion looks like what? It's rhetorical right this minute. But I would love for you to do it this weekend. Sit down tonight or tomorrow morning. Maybe, maybe before the clock hits midnight tonight. Take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Sit down, sit down with your spouse. If your spouse won't do it or you're not married... Sit down by yourself and ask yourself the answer to this question. Write it down. Spiritual passion looks like fill in the blank. You know what? If you do it, you'll find out it's not as easy as it is to ask the question. Number two, priority for God's presence means, what does it mean to you? Number three, Spiritual growth is. Now, for everybody in this place, there's probably a different answer. Let me give you a really wonderful thing. Uh, starting tomorrow afternoon, Chris and I begin a 60-day sabbatical. We are pumped. We could not be more excited about what God is doing in our lives right now. We have such anticipation for what the Lord is drawing us into, what he's speaking to us, what God wants to accomplish in our lives. Part of this message comes from what I'm living right now. You know what's really interesting? Two weeks ago on Sunday in the Denver Post, there was a woman who wrote an article on sabbaticals. The top 100 best places to work in the country offer the opportunity for a person to take a sabbatical. I thought that was just an interesting idea. But here's what she wrote, and intuitively, this is what we were doing. She said the two things, now this is not a believer. She's writing it from a secular perspective. But she said the two things you need to do in order to have a successful sabbatical, you need to have a vision for why you're doing it, and you need to have a plan for what you're going to be doing on it. I knew that because I know me, here's me. The first two weeks, I will have no problem whatsoever, reading, worshiping, moving, un, un, unconnecting. But after that, if I'm not intentional, I get bored easily. And I can already see that unless I have a vision and I'm intentional about what I'm doing with my time, all that will happen is I could watch a lot of TV. I'm just being honest with you. If you don't have a vision for what you're doing and then how you're going to spend your time, you're going to be someplace in six months where you want to be. I answered the questions this way. Spiritual passion, to me, looks like it did when JFC began. Spiritual passion to me 
in my mind looks like it did when JFC began. What does that mean? My focus was on his instruction. I woke up every day and I knew exactly what I needed to do that day. I knew what I was supposed to do. I was operating on what God had said to me and my passion was to do what God had told me to do. The way that I answer this question, spiritual passion looks like focus on his direction for my life. Number two, priority for God's presence means I will disconnect in order to connect. I will lay my email down for 60 days. Pray for me. I am putting my phone up for 60 days. I am not texting for 60 days. Tomorrow starts my 27th year full-time ministry. I do not remember ever one day where I have not spent it on the telephone, once texting, an email came along. I, have, I am so connected to all of these different things. They're in so many areas of my life that I'm going to disconnect in order to connect with him. That's what God is telling me about priority. Oh, it sounds good. It sounds spiritual, doesn't it? I'm freaking out. Marcus comes to my house tomorrow to disconnect me. One time when I was fasting, I hid Twinkies in my room. And I thought about buying a laptop and hiding it. <laughs> I'm a terrible pastor, aren't I? Okay. Uh, setting a spiritual pace. Where do you want to be spiritually in six months? Spiritual growth is... Measured by my love for him and other people. 60 days from now, I want to be so much more in love with Jesus. I want you to look at me and be able to see it ooze from my pores. I want everything that I preach to be hid behind the fact that I love Jesus more than I love anything else in life. The big takeaway, how about JFC, let's make this our prayer for 2012. Psalms 42, 1 and 2, here's the prayer. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? As I read that, I recognize absolutely without any issue whatsoever that if you're not in a spiritually passionate place what I just said has no appeal to you not that you would be in disagreement to it not that you would be anti you would find yourself maybe falling in that category just like Jesus said in Revelation you're not really hot you're not really cold and I wish that you were one or the other because one or the other at least speaks of passion. And I would just stand up here in great boldness 
but with great love and say to you, it matters if we're passionate for Jesus. And it matters if he is our priority. And it matters if we're hearing the voice of the Lord. And it matters the decisions that we're making in order to set ourselves up for what the next six months is going to look like spiritually in our lives. It very much matters. We're not here playing church. We're not here just listening to a message. We, we need to be hungry spiritually. Why, pastor, would that be of importance to us tonight? Because the answer to David's prayer, Jesus gave us in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled. Wouldn't you love the Lord to satisfy the longing in your soul? Everyone in this room has a longing in your soul. And if you don't fill it with Jesus, you'll fill it with stuff. Am I telling truth or not? You'll fill it with something. You were, you were created to worship. You were created to connect. You were created to have that void in your life filled. And if it's not being filled with him, you will fill it with something. With another person, you will fill it with, with uh, travel or toys. None of those things are bad but out of priority, you'll worship them. Do I believe that's true? So much so that I sought the permission of my board to get my spiritual life back in order. I'm the pastor confessing to my people that I love Christ and I serve him full time with what I do for my living. But my priorities are out of whack. I'm busy. You still love me? Some of you are like, well, you're a pastor. How can you feel that way? Every human on the planet, if you are not intentional about your life, it'll get away from you. I'm doing what I'm doing. Look me in the eyeball and hear me. I'm doing what I'm doing for you. I'm serious about this. Student is not above his teacher, but when fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Jesus said that. The principle is, unless the teacher goes there, the student cannot. To stand up week after week and to preach on spiritual passion, priority, planning, reaping, harvesting, none of it is possible unless the leader goes in that place. Do you agree? And I want our church to go there. <laughs> I want us to ooze passion for Jesus. 
I want people to walk in this room and go, the life of God is there. I want them to be healed because his presence is here. I want them to be restored just because the Holy Spirit is in the room. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Something wonderful. I don't know how else to say it except to say wonderful. Something wonderful has been working in me over the past year, year and a half now that's leading me to this opportunity. I wished I could have thrown a switch a year and a half ago, but it's taken a process for God to do these things in my life. And now I find myself sitting on a precipice in just a matter of hours to jump into something that's so cool. What an opportunity God is giving me. And the belief behind it is that it's because God wants to do something great here. He wants to do something really, I'm telling you, 2012 is a jubilee year. Write it down. I got eight minutes and 22 seconds. I'm actually getting better at finishing up messages quicker. Here's what I'd like to do. None of what I said is possible without the Holy Spirit working the work in our lives. If you just like to say, okay, I'm going to be spiritually passionate, you'll hype it up. It'll actually be a work of the flesh, and flesh never turns into spirit. Does that? So what do you do? You know, I feel this great uh, concern in my heart that when I say to people that this is what God wants, um, I look out and I know that unless the Holy Spirit's moving that way in your life, uh, you're just hearing words. You're not against it. You're not, you're not anti. But that, that spiritual dynamic, that passion's, it's not happening inside of you. So the message can, it's just a come and go message. You'll hear it, but there's no fruit from it. There's no, it, it's not metabolizing in our lives. So what do you do about that if you find yourself in that place spiritually where, yeah, I know it's in the Bible. I know it's right. It's just not happening in me. And I'm not all that concerned about it. You cry out to God. You lay your heart before the Lord. You ask him to move inside of your life again. You're in a spiritually dangerous place. If you sit here tonight and you go, I'm hungering for those things. I want to see those things happen in me. I've been praying for those things. What do you do? So you press in tonight. You write down, this is what God wants to do in my life in 2012. I'm going to have revival in my life in 2012. The Holy Spirit is going to ignite passion in me. Write it down. Wage warfare by the words of prophecy spoken over your life. Take me serious right now. 
Act on it. Act on it. Okay. I'm turning the service over then to our worship team right now. We'll give the elements of communion, the crosses, the candles, prayer, worship, all the elements to connect with God we'll make available to you. I want you, though, before you stand up, before you move, before you get going in any, before you hit the parking lot, before you go get your kids, before you do anything else, I've left us time. I want you sit right now, open your heart to the Lord. If spiritual passion is not happening inside of your life, you need to cry out to God tonight. You need to cry out to God. Listen to your pastor. Cry out to God. If you find yourself on the other side of it, I'm ready. Press into God. Write it down. But I don't want you to put it on automatic pilot. I want you to let this worship song right now open your heart as we move into the second song. Nate, help me then lead this. When we come to the second song, go ahead and ask him to respond. This first one right now, I want you to put all religion aside. Put everything else. Just lay it down right now. Open your heart. Holy Spirit, would you please right now do what only you can do? Would you cause our hearts? Would you let your light shine upon our hearts? Huh? Would you let your truth be a beacon, a really strong beacon of light right now to shine into darkness, to shine into places right now where it's just not happening for us spiritually? God, we don't want another six months to come and go and be in the same place that we are. We want the activity of the Holy Spirit to move in us. We want to see the miraculous of God take place in our lives. We want Jesus to satisfy us with his presence, with his life. I just feel compelled. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I feel just compelled right now to minister to this. If what I said is where you find your life at right now, and being honest and brave is important and it's going to help you. If you find yourself not anti the message, not in disagreement, but in reality, it's just not a priority. It's just not happening inside of you and the truth of the matter is you could pack it up right now and go home and you'd be back next week. It's not a question of being for it, but it's just not happening inside of you. That, that ignition, that passion is just not, it's not striking. It's just not, it's not there. I, I, your only hope is for God to touch you. It's your only hope. I certainly am not 
um, talking down to you. Uh, and I'm not trying to expose you, but uh, hey, as your spiritual leader and your pastor, I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit wants to touch your heart. I'm telling you prophetically, God wants to move in your life. And if you fall into that category where you're just like, I, you're nailing it on the head. You are, it's like you're reading my mail and that's where I'm at. And I need the Lord to ignite that passion in my life. I need him to touch my heart. anything I'm saying right there speaks to your heart I want you to be brave I want you to be bold right now no one's looking around and I promise you I'm not gonna make you stand up I'm not gonna send you any place but I want you to act on what you're hearing right now. I want you to move in faith. Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock. If you fall in that category, slip your hand up right now. Pastor, I just need, that's what I need God to do. Yep. Would you keep it for there for a moment? We're not... not you wished you had raised your hand, do it right now. Let's do it. That's me. Let's need God to do this. I don't want any leader in our church to be afraid to respond to this. Father, every genuine heart Would you, through the Holy Spirit, touch? God, we want to lay down every idol, everything that has become more than what you are. Help us. Every person who finds themselves in that gray area, not hot, not cold, just in that gray area, right now, Father, draw them with your passion. God, I'm praying jubilee for your people. This is a year of your promises. It's a year of recovery, a year of discovery. It's a year of completion. Help us right now. In 
Heads are still bowed. If you raised your hand, this is what I would like you to do tonight. I would like you to write down. Do it in the next few minutes. Maybe that'd be the best thing for you to do so that it doesn't get pushed aside. But at the very least, do it tonight before you go to bed. I want you to write down. 2012, write these words. I will be spiritually passionate. In 2012, I will be spiritually hungry. In 2012, Jesus is going to satisfy me. I want you to write it because I want you to do warfare with it. I want it to be your prayer. I want it to be what you speak to the devil when he speaks to you. I want it to be what you remind yourself of when you go to work, when you go to relax, when you go on your vacation, when you come to church. I want you to remind yourself you're going to be spiritually passionate. You're going to be spiritually hungry and Jesus is going to satisfy you. I pray that in his name. His name. Amen. Okay. Display your heart just to marinate right now in this first song and then Pastor Nate will lead us into the second one response.